0: business of property podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. And this podcast is just us chatting every week about the reality of anything and everything property. So before we we try and work out what we're going to talk about this week, I'd just like to highlight that podcasting in the last few weeks about property has been quite difficult. Not only did we publish a relatively positive mortgage update a couple of weeks ago, but so did the property podcast. So it's it's not just us, it's it's much bigger podcasts as well. And then they also published a mini budget update episode that again sounded generally pretty positive and then published it on Thursday after three days of mortgage companies pulling products and those remaining now being at interest rates much, much higher. So, So yes, podcasts can unfortunately age badly. And yet, here we are again, recording an episode <laughs> several days before we're going to publish it. <laughs> so please accept our apologies in advance for whatever we say being completely out of date by the time you're listening to it. And take this as the sort of advanced notice. I'm not, I'm not going to record an extra intro to, to let you know that we're out of date. <laughs> However, thankfully, th- this week has been, been really very quiet in the property market. So, um, despite that warning, I, I think we'll be perfectly okay, won't we, Stuart? I, I don't think we've got anything really to talk about.
1: I don't think there's been any news about property in the last week to 10 days. So, you know, maybe we should just talk about our favourite films or, you know, what we ate for dinner last night.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, I, I managed to introduce my, my eldest to Die Hard very recently. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it it stood the test of time really quite well. It was it, it's a remarkably old film, but still very enjoyable watching.
1: Good one of my fa- and, and he enjoyed it too. What, one of my favourite first films. So that's a sort of good intro. But of course, we are absolutely taking the Michael because there's been so much to talk about. We we actually don't really know where to start. But certainly, from my perspective, what's affecting me at the moment is uh, what I can only term as the. the the great disappearance of mortgages at the moment.
0: Indeed. I'll mention some quick stats. So these are stats that I've seen in an article published this morning as we're recording, but they're they're probably old already and will definitely be old by the time you're listening to this. But they were reporting that over 40% of mortgage products that were available last week are no longer available on, on the mortgage market. That equates to over one thousand six hundred mortgage products being removed from the market in a week so so there's still still over two thousand available out there, but that is a really, really drastic and rapid reduction in, in what you what you can choose when you're you 're taking out mortgages on property and I, it's, I, I, yeah i'm just i don't know what to say about that it's crazy isn't
1: it well i I tell you what I can say about it I can say that Some banks are doing it, you know, just quite transparently and just removing products. Other banks, I fear, are using other methods to ensure that they don't have to commit to products that were available. And I'll give you my direct experience of this, which is we were looking for a a mortgage, buy-to-let mortgage, 75%. We've already had a valuation on it, quite comfortable with a valuation. That's another story to get into about uh, uh, about another bank. But the bank, the second bank that we went to, came up with a reason to not give my company the mortgage. And the, the broker said to me, I have never seen this reasoning given before. Now, it's something to do with credit, uh, credit rating, rateability, suitability, one of those. But it just said, we do not think this client is suitable for credit and cannot offer him a product but at the exact same time removed that mortgage product from its offering portfolio. So call me cynical, but I feel like there, there was some sort of, you know, there was a, a back office conspiracy just to say, look, we, we're not, we're not offering this product anymore. So I don't care what you say, just say something.
0: Yeah. Right. So, I, I can offer a slight counter to that story. The So I, I'm, going through a purchase at the moment and we'll talk more about that in the future hopefully when when things progress a bit more but i was awaiting my mortgage offer and my mortgage broker finally received it and there's a story behind this that we'll go into another day but on that day he sent sent this email and he said we finally got the mortgage offer through and i'm really really pleased that we've got it because this lender has withdrawn all of their products today So they honoured my mortgage application because it's been in progress for, for ages. But yeah, if, if I was trying to start a new one, there's absolutely nothing available. And, and I have since heard, not from my broker, actually, but from other sources, that this same lender who was offering products in the sort of buy-to-let products, this is sort of in the 4% range, having withdrawn their products for a few days, is now bringing their products back, starting at around 6%. <laughs> so I mean, that, that's just, yes, scary.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's a market difference. The the other event that happened to me in this last week was the to the first bank that was that we were seeking to get the the remortgage on stroke further advance, and they should remain nameless. But it sounds like um, Brent Reliance. Let's say, let's say. So <laughs> I was going to say Brent Reliance, but that that might be considered rude. But so they originally. Yeah, so we'd completed the paperwork, and the valuation was completed. The valuation was completed on August the 10th. By mid-September, we still had not heard a dicky bird. And obviously, I'm chasing this on a weekly basis because it was going to unlock some capital, capital which my business needs. After a significant amount of chasing in the last week, they came back with a nil valuation. And I'm not going to go into that. We'll, we'll talk about that on uh, on another episode. But we we've challenged that, and it came back, and they said that's okay. We, we've come back with a valuation that is now suitable, but your rental uh, income is too low, or sorry, the valuer's rental income amount was too low, and therefore we won't lend. And I said okay, but the 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 valuers rental income is 500 pounds lower than what i actually receive so i would like well, to- you, you, you must just be imagining your rent i mean <laughs> <laughs> well and this is the thing so obviously i said to the broker we just need to challenge that and of course and, and i totally understand it because it's it's the bank not the the broker but just sort of said well look, i'll i'll feed back and i said i want to just because it's the principle because i've got at least four years worth of rental income and agreements, rental agreements, to show that I do get, you know, 50% more than what the value was saying the market would pay. So it doesn't make sense. So anyway, so we did feedback. And of course, at the same time, I'm, I'm you know, I've set the, the wheels and the, the hairs running on other banks, which was the second one that failed. But they then came back and said, we will only increase the value of your rental income by 10% and no greater than the valuer's comments. And that still doesn't meet our criteria, so we cannot offer you the product.
0: Oh, dear. But I think this is, this is going to be a common story because, as you said, the mortgage lenders have, have decided they don't want to lend at the moment because they don't know how much their, their money is going to cost them in order to, to lend out because everything has gone a bit, bit haywire. And I'm quite sure you are not the only one in this situation. And I'm quite sure it's going to be affecting home buyers as well as investors. And there will be in the next few weeks uh, a big increase in the number of properties falling through. I mean, there, there must be. I can't see any other consequence or result of, of this.
1: Well, the flip side, of course, is that the the, the rates that are now being offered. So uh, you know, I work with a couple of clients and essentially sourcing and, and helping them buy properties. The flip side is that we were modelling out our deal analysers based on interest rates of anywhere between three and four and a half percent that's of course jumped and you know we've had a couple of offers out there and you know the interest rates that are as of this recording are five and a half percent i don't think you're even going to stay there but five and a half percent and so we are uh, stroke my clients are, are now actually stopping purchases or actually even pre pre-purchase we have you know we might be having offers accepted and just sort of saying well, no actually we, we can't go ahead with that and i think the conversations i've had with a couple of estate agents is that the vendors have to recalibrate their expectations of where the market is now we could we you me and the rest of the world can debate where we are in the market cycle you know where the prices are actually going to come down whether it's going to stagnate whether it's going to grow because of all of the other stuff that we haven't even talked about yet but the the point is there is trepidation in the market because of that and uh that that too will mean that us we as investors and buyers will also step away so you've got banks stepping away potential buyers stepping away and that's that's happening are you seeing that too
0: yeah i'm i mean speaking personally i have been i mean I, i'm in the pro- process of purchasing hopefully that will complete soon but I have also been looking for another purchase and given the changing market conditions, not property market, but wider economic market, I have now decided that I, I'm going to put that very much on the on the back burner. So if I find, I'm going to keep looking at the market. I mean, apart from anything else, I have a, a bit of a right move problem.
1: Addiction. Yeah.
0: That, that's the word
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> that, that I'm uh, unlikely to kick anytime soon. So I so I will keep a, a, an eye on the market and on my local area and things, but unless something really amazing pops up, I, I'm I'm going to hold back because the ROI that I can achieve with the much higher interest rates is very low, and that makes it obviously a lot less attractive. I'm a bit concerned about buying at a price that then reduces, although because I'm buying for the long
1: term, that's not too
0: big an issue but it's, it's obviously slightly off-putting
1: i've got a, i've got a question for you and i, I just a quick one but I, I don't want to spoil your flow but when you when you talk about roi because i think this is an interesting one for for people listening and as well as myself because i we've talked about roi ROC, yields many times before but when you talk about your roi can, can you just explain what what that is for you what when you're looking at this
0: I, I base it on all of the cash that's going in to a deal. That's the, the I bit, the investment.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, that's the, the deposit, any fees, um, any refurb, and, and, oh, and tax, of course. Anything involved in, in buying and getting the property ready to let. Yeah,
1: so just total cash in.
0: And then the, the R bit, the return, is the rent I'm expecting minus all of my predicted ongoing costs. So that includes obviously mortgage interest repayments, which is the the big one that's changing things at the moment. Yeah. But also a little bit of allowance avoids and maintenance and bits like that. I tend not to use an agent, so that wouldn't that isn't in my calculations, but obviously for a lot of people that would be Yeah. So, okay yeah, So there you go. So you take take the return and divide it by the investment and you come up with a percentage return on investment.
1: Yeah and and the reason I ask that is because actually that's I think that's basically my ROCE metric, and this is why I asked the question because because going into a deal we tend to look at gross and net yield. When I say we, you know, my, me as a company and me with my investors, I look at that just as a indicators. But actually, your ROI is probably the same as my ROI, so they are you know ROI and ROCE, I think are very similar, which yeah. is actually. What are we What's what are we going to get back on the total cash amount that we've put in? Because if it's like, you know, if it's six, 6%, six which one is what we're looking at at the moment, that's, to be honest, that's okay. It's not as good as we once would, you know, to be honest, again, I'd look at, you know, 9%, 10% would be really good. And, of course, the investors I work with, you know, is one very happy with 6.9% ROC stroke ROI now, you know, 6.9%. Of course, you'd still argue inflation, et cetera. But right now, he's got a significant amount of capital degrading because he's he's getting only around one point something percent. Uh, so I just wanted to, to bring that out because I think actually that's a, a good point for anyone else that is at your stage and my stage of, of developing or looking at projects.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned degrading capital, actually. that That's sort of linked to my final point, which is that. I, I have been worried very worried about having some capital in the bank and the fact that it is degrading
1: mm, exactly
0: but I have kind of decided that for the time being I'm willing to accept that slight maybe significant degradation of, of the capital in order to have a big buffer a, a big safety net because we don't know what's going to happen in the next few months, and I mean we never know what's going to happen in the next few months but but now it's looking a lot less. Sturdy <laughs> than it was a couple of weeks ago. So, so yeah, I, I've decided that I want to have that on standby, perhaps to perhaps to bail out life in general, but probably, hopefully, more likely to take advantage of a, a really good deal when it well, when it pops yeah. up.
1: And that's the conversation I have with investors. I mean, you call it, you know, you said safety net as well, but with my investors, I say it's so hard because everything seems paradoxical. Because it, on the one hand. Particularly with the the investors I'm working with at the moment, you know, they're saying, yeah, you know, where can I put this capital? And I say, well, we've, you know, we, we we do have to be mindful, stroke careful, because we don't want to make the wrong investment. But actually, if we're investing for fifteen, twenty years, which you know they are, we know that that could smooth out any little potential hiccups. But I said equally, and this this is where the paradox comes in. I said equally, it's not a bad thing to have a big pot of cash in the, in the bank. If something does happen, so it's it's that is the investor dilemma, and of course, it's a wonderful place for someone to be, but it's a dilemma nonetheless, and that that's the challenge, that's the the dichotomy that you know investors are facing right now.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I've been fortunate enough to be able to fix most of my investment mortgages in the last Lucky few months. Lucky
1: bugger! Lucky bugger!
0: <laughs> but I have one that is not coming up for its current fixed expiry until towards the end of next year and my own home mortgage is also on a fix that expires towards the end of next year and if if rates are where they are at the moment when those things happen those two or the interest on those two mortgages will approximately triple and and i mean that's that's a bit scary. I'm
1: looking for the screaming sound effect button on my <laughs> table. I just where lots of people screaming in anguish buttons because that that's horrific, isn't it?
0: Exactly, exactly. And neither of those mortgages are particularly small. They're mortgages on properties in the southeast of England. They are quite big mortgages. And when you triple the interest on them, it makes some big numbers. And, and that is partly the, the safety net bit for me is that if if that really does come to fruition and perhaps my tenants are also struggling because the, the the world is getting tougher for everyone, and perhaps I have a property that's that's not producing rent maybe as well, you put all those things together and i and I'm going to need to be spending savings just just to, to feed the family so it's its is even for for a property investor who is supposedly wealthy because we own properties life can turn quite rapidly and and become difficult so so yeah i've decided it's time for a bit of a safety net
1: yeah well i shall put you in touch with paul ben and we will have a, <laughs> group, <laughs> we'll have a group therapy session yes about well how we how we navigate this uh, this uh, these uncertain times as they like to say in the press
0: Yes, indeed. Right. So let's move on from that quickly then. <laughs> and and speaking of uncertain times, we we were going to mention some some stats around things that are actually happening in in the property market. I will I will link in the show notes to a graph that that's been produced by by Patma. This is from a, a weekly email um, on the property market that Patma produces to subscribers, and it shows that across the whole of England, the number of Property price reductions, this is sale properties for sale. The number of reductions has been steadily increasing over the last few months. And this is based on a, a percentage of the properties that are currently available. So obviously we know that there have been fewer properties available in the market in the last however long because there hasn't been a, enough supply. So this is calculated as a percentage. And you can see that the, the percentage has been increasing. And it's, it's up to something in the region of 15% of all properties on the market in any given week, gets a price reduction. And it'll be interesting to see how that continues over the next few weeks and, and into months. But we've also pulled up some specific stats on very recent reductions. And, and we've also compared this to, to last, last year as well. So rather than me talking lots, do you, do you want to go through them a bit, Stuart?
1: Yeah, sure. First of all, I'd say these these are great stats that are coming out of the Patma platform, which I'm going to give you a little plug because I know you, you know you, you're a you're a humble man, but uh, you know the, Patma does a lot of stuff here, and and I think what jumps out to me from the from the table is just just I guess just the number. So if we're looking at the number of reductions that have happened this September up to the 29th of September versus last September, we've had 70 percent more reductions in this September than last September. Now, the thing that Simon and I have already spoken about is, of course, we'd want to factor in, you know, are, are there many more properties on the market now than there was last September? Because that, that'll have an influence. But, but Simon and I kind of agree that even if there were, to to see a 70% increase in number of reductions would still be pretty, pretty significant.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think this is definitely Uh, an indicator as to where the where the property market is at the moment and we're we're looking at raw numbers here as as you just said and you you have to be a bit careful that the the rest of the world is changing around them so so you can't always just look at the raw numbers but we are seeing in the region of three thousand price reductions per day in in some recent days just a, a bit a bit below, probably, depending on exactly what you count, but around that mark. And, and that's, that's quite a big, big number, especially when you compare it to 2021, when you were generally looking more at 1,000, 1,500 productions per day. And in September 22, so this September, you can certainly see as the month has progressed, those numbers have been gradually increasing to get up to that sort of three thousand a day mark. So yeah, all, all raw numbers all all need to be taken with some context, which we're not providing lots of today. But but yeah, it's the the, the big question I think from this is how long is this going to last? Is it mm-hmm. is it going to spiral? Is it going to escalate? Or are things going to calm down and and it's not going to be quite the quite the uh, the crash that some people are shouting about?
1: Well, it's the word that sticks out for me is, is this is, this is a, an indicator. <laughs> and as ridiculous as it sounds, but we just don't know what of. Is it, is it an indicator of things to come or is it just an indicator that, you know, that, that people have been nervous since September, but then it's going to settle down? And I don't want to be one of those sort of commentators as well that says, yeah, but don't forget, we're now coming into Christmas. But we are. So people are going to start thinking about, do I want to sell this before Christmas? Because that's that's you know that 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 runway's about to start, or is this the sign of a wider caution in the market of people thinking we've got to sell this now before you know the brown stuff hits the fan, so uh we'll keep an actual watchful eye, and certainly Simon's tools will keep a watchful eye, and we'll hopefully be able to keep you posted on that as well,
0: indeed, I'm quite sure this won't be the last time we're we're speaking about this, but I think for today, we are going to, to stop speaking about it and ask all you fantastic listeners to please let us know your thoughts. Get in touch with us. You can reach us on at bizofproperty, that's B-I-Z of property on Twitter. We'd love to get a conversation going there. Or if you want a, a more private space, you can email us on show at thebusinessofproperty.com and the business of property.com is also where you can find show notes with links and the graph and things that I've mentioned today and all our past episodes. So Stuart and I will talk to you again next week.